we are back. We are back. Welcome to Match Point number nine, a tennis bets podcast. I'm your host, David EJ Berger, one of three hosts, actually. Uh, with me, as always, right now is my number one tennis talking bro, Derek. Derek, hello. What's up, everyone? My fellow tennis nerds. Good to be back. We got a couple 500s on the slate. Let's talk about it. And of course, back once again, John Reed at JR Tweets Tennis is his handle on Twitter. You can find his betting content at his own brand at Tibbetts Tennis. You can find him on the Action Network. Betting expert Hammer HQ. If you bet on tennis, you know this guy. John, thanks for joining us once again. Hey, guys. Uh, looking to, looking forward to talking some tennis. couple of big events. couple of weeks of big events, really, because we got Paris coming up, too, and then the year-end finals. So late in the year. Absolutely. And uh, you can find our show handle at MP9 Tennis. Uh, this is your first time listening. Chances are that's how you found us. Welcome. If you're a returning champion, a returning listener, thank you. Tell a friend. Give us a rating. When you listen to stuff and the content creators do the, uh, you know, the, the basically begging for ratings and reviews uh, and they're like oh, it really does help us out guys it, it kind of makes my skin crawl so i i try to avoid it but uh, it does seem like <laughs> a necessary evil uh, as part of the process uh, i guess uh, all right well this is a a betting show and a tennis betting show so we do you know i find that our show what i like about it is it's it's not so heavily on the, the gambling side it's also got a good portion of just tennis talk which i think is great and makes it enjoyable for the, the tennis fans it's part of what we're trying to do here is being a part of the tennis community maybe not so much diehard gambling community which can be a bit toxic i think we have a nice mix here so all right that's enough of my spiel let's dig into our quick recap of last week let's atone for our sins uh, we actually had a lot of winners in the quarterfinals uh, not too much to uh atone for of the three sites uh, we did get one of three title winners last week i think the big miss was not talking enough about holger runa who i had beating nori i got that right but then i didn't consider him enough against adm who he has now beat twice <laughs> since we recorded <laughs> Um, I also exited and entered the wrong train with Rusu and Tiafo. Uh, Musetti continues to be a bet on player. You guys had Musetti. I had uh, Kashmanovic reaching the final. Uh, Berrettini got hurt so bad he considered quitting last week. Uh, I'm not sure if there's any updates on that. John, have you heard anything? No, but I mean, he withdrew, right? So if we, when we saw the market released, I think Evans opened plus 175 there. Uh, that got bet down to plus 145 pretty quickly. Then that stuck around for quite a while. Like, I mean, a couple hours. And then I think once it became common knowledge to just what every better out there, or even, you know, perhaps some betters who aren't tennis centric, they just bet everything when they get information. When they found that information, it dropped like a rock to about even money. And then, of course, Berrettini withdrew. Everyone got their money back and it didn't matter. You were probably actually labeled as sharp at some casual books, too. So that might have actually been a red flag on your betting profile had you taken that immediately. Because that kind of CLV isn't just CLV of knowing that it was a, an incorrect price and they take that information you give them. But you know, you kind of beat them to, to the punch and information and books don't like that. So uh, yeah, he withdrew from where was he supposed to be? Vienna, I believe. Yeah, he withdrew from Vienna. So obviously it is pretty serious. We had Felix uh, winning Antwerp. Uh, good on us. I took a lot of L's last week uh, on and off air fading Corda. I went full to tin cup on him and he, he continued to win this fucking guy. Good job, Corda. You're so easy to fade and so hard to back. But it was a good week to back you. All right, guys. Uh, well, let's turn the page to this week. Uh, ATP Vienna and Austria, Dominic Team's home tournament. Uh, he is out, though. It's still the indoor hardcourt season. Good speed here, but not too fast. Uh, some past winners include Zverev last year, Rublev in 2020, Team won this in 2019, Kevin Anderson, Lucas Puy won this in 2017, Andy Murray uh, in 2016. So that's the players that have done well here. It seems like the serve, obviously, with this being indoor hardcourt. 
uh, goes a long way. Quickly there too. The, the one thing that I think a lot of those players uh, have in common, especially, you know, Kevin Anderson's dummy team, especially with a one-handed backhand that can be, you know, a prolonged swing. Andre Rublev. The nice thing about Vienna is it plays about medium, maybe closer to medium fast, or but almost right in that medium category, which is perfect for the big servers and big hitters. You're still get that power still hits through the court, still makes it really tough to return, but you can't you aren't rushed as much, right? Guys like Kevin Anderson don't move well. Rublev can be rushed and try and overhit when he's not in the position to do so. Dominic team with his longer windups. Like that's why you're seeing guys like that do really, really well here. Big headline so far. I don't know that we have a big headline so far. I, I, I mean, we have a lot of big names uh, playing for, for points and positioning. Hubie Hercash, he won today against Rusevori. I think he's in the hunt to, to get himself into Turin. So a lot, a lot of storylines going on here uh, in terms of uh, the ATP finals to look out here for and consider. So let's Let's uh, go ahead and, and turn to the quarterfinals here. Okay, so did you guys watch that center match today? Yeah or no? Uh, parts of it. I watched okay. it from two all in the first until he was up three love in the second. Then I said, okay, bye. Okay, so how did his ankle look? So I didn't see that match, but then I saw a couple tweets about it. And this is kind of going back to the whole injury report that I was talking about last week. And do you buy into the whole center right ankle? It's so hard because he looks like he's lumbering. Yeah. After every point when he's healthy and when he's not, he's like almost like a baby elephant or baby giraffe when they're born and they're really like unsteady on their long legs uh -huh. and they walk awkwardly. That's what he looks like all the time. It's yeah. not a shot at him. It's just, that's just his natural posture between points when he puts his head down to reset. So because it almost looks like an, a limp, no matter what, I have no way of telling whether he's ever healthy or not. And it's so frustrating. You don't know what, you know, if he's cramping or if he's tired, he just, it always looks the same. It's almost, yeah. it's almost like a chameleon blending in for self-defense, <laughs> showing like no his, weakness. His legs by his ankles. I mean, they do lack muscle for sure. Like yeah. he, he's got twigs there. So he's always just kind of bolt legged, but without muscle. He did look very uncomfortable just in that short video that I saw. I know he had that left ankle injury before what like at Wimbledon against Novak and then I mean he was tumbling there but now I'm kind of like dude Medvedev has the advantage there and you want to take Medvedev should definitely take him on a book that grades retirements so that's my suggestion. Uh, Sinner did cover five against Garin and uh, I'm not I, I think he covered against uh, Sarundalo today as well, unless it was five and a half, but I think it was four and a half. It was um, five right on. He pushed it. And I mean, the, the five was a tad juiced by the, by the time it closed, it opened at minus 110, closed minus 115. So it was a push. It was a decent number. Service order is always going to get you in, in some of those spots, right? Uh, for sure. And uh, it's amazing how they're able to, I don't know, seemingly book who's going who's gonna to end up on serve to completely fuck you. I don't know how they're so good mm -hmm. at that. Yeah, I like Medvedev a lot in this match. Uh, I do think that um, the quicker points will, will help center if he is a little, a little banged up still. He's not going to have to be as physical uh, as he would have had to uh, on another surface. But uh, I think that, you know, I think it's time for Med to uh, resurface as well. He hasn't really had a, a nice statement win here. And I think a win against center here would, would go a long way for, for Daniil and his confidence going into uh, next week and even the ATP finals. Yeah, I, I mean, I was hoping, I was hoping to get like a plus two, like plus two hundred, plus two twenty five number, not even close. I mean, you're plus one sixty five, plus one seventy. That seems just about right to me. And I mean, if there's also the question around health, if you think it's a 
the line is is where it should be and the books pretty much nailed it off the off the open and you also don't know about health it's it seems like a pretty safe pass or or go medvedev and lay the games i just think that sinner has the game uh for me to he's got enough consistency and he's got enough power so if medvedev is playing too far back uh he's got the consistency to to you know, play 10, 15 shots in a rally. He's also got the ability now. And, you know, I don't think he was really comfortable. Not a lot of youngsters are, but I think he's a lot more comfortable now than he was in the past coming into net and putting points away, which you have to do it against Medvedev. And again, I I just think that that, that power and consistency from the baseline is good enough uh, to trouble Medvedev. But again, I'm not saying he should be the favorite. I think plus 170 is probably about right. And if there's a health concern there too, it just makes it that much easier to pass. Yeah, I'm seeing uh, Medvedev as a two and a half game favorite, uh, minus 195 uh, on the money line. So kind of odd pricing. Whenever whenever it's kind of odd pricing, like <laughs> like it's not an even minus 200 or, or it's minus 165. I'm always kind of like a little suspect of why, why that is the way that it is. And we could, you know, maybe have a conversation about trap lines if we believe in them and how to spot them uh it's at some point <laughs> um you can only spot them after you lose the bet oh no no yeah, i well, feel like i i i've gotten a, a few I, I thought that uh the, the fritz one was kind of was very trappy and even though it, I and think it was, then, was it the rude one that, that brought it up too i think the casper rude line there for me it's just like i think a trap line is just when someone looks at it, it's like, that looks fishy. I'm just missing information as to why it's there. But there's usually a reason why the line is where it is, right? So it, I think it seems like a trap when you when you can't explain it. And it's happened to me too. I'm like, I don't get why the line is here. And then I watch the match and I lose the bet. I'm like, okay, well, that explains it. I miss this, this kind of matchup quirk that one player has a huge edge in. Um, and I think, you know, you learn about it. And that's, I think, ultimately what a trap line is. It's just, I'm missing information but there's a reason the line is there. It's not like the books being like, uh, we're going to trap people doing this, you know? The total is kind of interesting in this match at uh, kind of a flat 22 and a half. I mean, both these guys uh, are pretty good servers here. Whole percentage uh, going to be pretty high at both sites. Might be, you know, I think a tie break is definitely in play. And then you only have to get 6-4 the next set. Uh, that said, I mean, you know, Medvedev and his ability to create breakpoints. Same with uh, Sinner. Sinner is a, a breakpoint generator. You could argue the under. Uh, as well but um the set over market is kind of odd here so to have an over nine and a half usually you're over nine and a half between on indoor hard courts on men's tennis you're looking at like minus 200 minus 180 it's minus 138 in this match that gives you room for the guy who serves second to break and still hit that number right like a six four would get you home so that's an interesting kind of discrepancy between 22 and a half for the match but only needing 10 games to cash a minus 138 in the first set pretty good value too i have uh, minus 150 so yeah uh, i'm seeing a 150 at unibet as well so i mean yeah that's a shop i guess a shop kind of the the, the lines deal i would say i i kind of like the two and a half with medvedev here i like it being off a key number and i don't want to eat the minus 195 well what about dimitrov who had a nice win today. Speaking of resurfacing, he's been dropping some L's here, but uh, he picks up a dub against uh, Rublev, who uh, has had a pretty good indoor hardcourt run himself. Uh, he is sitting at minus 210, minus three versus uh, the American Marcos Giron, plus 170 for Giron. I think Giron is extremely live in this match to be a plus 170. That's a tough one. I think an informed Dimitrov should dust Giron, but... I don't know that one win against Rublev, who's played a lot, is really convincing me that he's in top top form. John, what do you think? 
Yeah, I, I'm super happy he beat Rublev there because what it does for me is it allows me to stay the hell away from this match. <laughs> I want no part of it. I hate Dimitrov matches. I got my ass handed to me fading Jerome uh, Garone today. I was like, oh, thank God Dimitrov won. Now I could just like scratch that off. Unless, of course, there's some stupid number. Like if Garone was plus 400, obviously I'm going to play that. I just mean if it's even within a realm of reasonable pricing, I, I can just bypass it move on to the next one. And I'm so happy that's the case. I do not want to have to figure out which Grigor is going to show up tomorrow. I'll tell you that. I'm happy to break it to you. The odds aren't that good. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got gear on at plus 170, Dimitrov at minus 210. I mean, these guys are both on the heels of pulling off upsets. It, Yeah, I don't know which way to go on that. Like Nori should, I mean, like we said before, like on previous episodes that I feel like that guy is a pretty damn consistent player. And then for him to like lose two weeks in a row off of COVID, I mean, I, I guess I can reason it with that. And then I don't really think that Giron did much to win that. Did you watch that match? I did. Yeah, yeah. it was it was error central for, for Nori. I mean, Giron was was whacking some forehands and was moving yeah. Nori around and and he was good but he wasn't like oh my god this is Pete Cam Nori just getting dusted by a great yeah he definitely was off kilter though Nori that is right yeah yeah so and then we can reason at that and then Dimitrov playing Rublev I mean Rublev's prone to just be upset so I'm not surprised with that I if I were to make a bet though I would I would lay it on Dimitrov but Minus 210, three-game spread. It's, it's kind of rough. I mean, there, there's other yeah. places you can hit on this draw. I, I have to be honest, too. Uh, I, I'm going to stick with John's take of uh, this is a stay-away match. And I, I want to, you know, we're going to talk all this stuff out here. But, man, this might be a stay-away weekend <laughs> as well. It's yeah. a lot of tough matches uh, ahead here to, to be on the right side of. I think things could go you know, the wrong way pretty quick. And uh, we're going to have a thousand event next week. So we're going to talk this out here, but um, maybe save the role for the for Paris next week. I do have a, a guy I'm looking to back. We'll talk about here, not at this site, but at the other one, but uh, let's keep it moving here. But that other match uh, that I also kind of want to stay away from, the pricing is pretty nice. I mean, if you like uh, Dennis Chapovalov uh, to beat Dan Evans, he's only at minus 140. And uh, Evans is a short dog here at plus 115. So Evans, I think, despite his losses, has played pretty well uh, this fall. And Chapo, obviously, he's made a final. That was an outdoor event. But the final was indoor he went out early last week uh, we were on that one with uh, adm i definitely kind of like shopo here as a short favorite i'm not an evans backer too much uh, and i don't really love the price at plus 115 it's the same situation as dimitrov and jerome and i'll just go through the comparison i mean shopo and dimitrov are like that spider-man gif where they're just both pointing at each other it's just right-handed left-handed for me right <laughs> one-handed backhands huge game all the talent in the world disappear for months at a time and then you've got Evans and Jerome again, like two guys whose first serves are decent, sneaky, decent power. It's going to play well on quicker surfaces. They prefer quicker surfaces, but a lot more consistent there in their opponents. Can they both be knocked, like beat off the court by Dimitrov and Shapovalov if those guys are on? Of course. They're the more consistent player, making them the live dog. The difference here is Evans is a lot better than Jerome 
And Shapovalov's better, but not a lot better than Dimitrov. And that's why you see one at plus 170, one at plus 115. I think Evans is the gap between Shapovalov and Evans isn't nearly as big as it is between Jerome and Dimitrov. So, I mean, it's a, for me, again, it's a nice, easy stay away. Yeah, I think if you're going to, like, Shapovalov's in form, I would agree if you're taking a side, I would probably go with the in-form guy, bigger game, going to be dictating in Dennis. Derek, I'm sure you're not picking Shapo. <laughs> um, are we talking about just, like, uh, tennis or who I want to hang out with <laughs> <laughs> or favorite rappers the two different answers yeah uh, one half of the drip duo I would have to take him in this tennis match yeah I would rather much rather get a drink with Dan Evans by any means any day of the week guys a legend hit the after party with him too probably mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right well then we have QB Hercash versus uh, Borna Chorich and this is pretty good pricing, actually. So this is pretty much pick them. Hubie's at minus 120. Torich is at even. Whew. Another tough one. But the one time I didn't back Torich was the week that he did great in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've, uh, speaking of the train analogy, I bought a ticket to that train a couple times on this podcast. And uh, it's uh, the train has gone off the tracks for me. Uh, that said, I do like him in this matchup. Uh, I like Torich's ability to return great break points uh, hubie can struggle with that although he is tough to break but hubie has not been as rock solid in tie breaks as he has in the past for me i i like the ability for george to create a few more break points and to maybe gut out some some points uh in a tie break although hubie you know again tough hubie could easily win this match as well hubie too like if you think about it today, the one time he was broken, he was broken from 40-15 up against Rusuvori. He was the much better player start to finish. I mean, outside of like a three or four game stretch where his serve went wonky in the second set, it never looked like he was losing that match. So even that three-setter, I think he's had 45 aces in the last two days, something like that, and one double fault, maybe two. I mean, his ace-to-double fault ratio, more so than just the aces, the ratio and how big he serves without giving away free points is incredible. That's Dead. I mean, Chorich played a guy that's like improved his rally tolerance. That's not the greatest returner, but has improved a bit today. Big power guy, big service guy. Like, and he beat Cincy Pass. Like, his improved serve can help. I'm with you, though. I missed the Cincy train. I backed him, and I think Yazzie. No, that was the one where I didn't back him because he was like minus a thousand that he lost in the first round. Like, this guy, I back him in challengers when he's coming back, thinking, okay, he's played enough now. He's ready to, you know, he's better than a challenger to our player, and he'd lose. And then he goes on to win since he's into the quarters here beating since I don't know, man, like I can't stand betting on board of charge. I think I've talked myself out of the even money bet with kind of the Hercotch motivation angle, the indoor hard edge, the service edge, his clean service games. Like it's not just that he's held at a high rate. It's that it's almost always like clean. He's not even under pressure all that much. So I think I've talked myself out of Chorich and even money. I'd probably want some like a plus 125 or plus 130. Uh, real quick, I'm fl- I'm flip-flopping. I'm going QB here. I'm looking at, you know, with, with, with the style of Pots today and his serve, and obviously he's a little more rally tolerance than um, than Hubie. But, uh, man, Chorich was lucky to win this thing. He he hit 12 more winners. Um, I think Hubie will, will be pretty equal in the winner category with him. I mean, he gave an 18-point edge. He had 28 unforced errors compared to Tsitsipas. If Hubie has a similar match to um to his recent play, not giving a bunch of unforced errors. I, I think it's going to be tough, actually, for Torch. Yeah, I'm going to go on the Hubie train as well. I mean, if you look at it today, Sitsipas had 14 aces. I would expect that number to be pretty consistent, if not higher, for her cats. But uh, looking at the matches or the matchups, 
I probably foresee just a lot of forehand rallies. And considering that Hercats has got a bigger forehand than Chorich, I got to stick with that. And if the aces keep coming, sorry, I mean, asses keep coming. That's how they say it in, in <laughs> Germany or in German. Sorry. They keep flashing that ass one every single time somebody gets an ace. I think that's pretty amusing from a childish standpoint. <laughs> <laughs> So that that ass one just keeps flashing for her cat suit. I got to imagine he should cover the one game spread flashing asses. Yeah. So let's see it. Well, that's the quarterfinals. I have Medvedev uh, uh, winning this thing. I don't know who who you guys have. What do you guys think? I mean, I can throw all these names in a hat and leave out Marco's gear on and feel like that anybody <laughs> has a chance. <laughs> It's true, but it's still funny hearing yeah. that. Like, no, for sure. Like, uh, there's some big names in here. Like, I feel like Dan Evans like has an outside chance. Even like, I, I mean, like, it's really hard to say who can win this. Well, I think if it's oh. either Med or Sinner, I think we would obviously want to back either of those the guys. Of versus, that, yeah. yeah, versus Dimitra and Garon. So then, you know, I, I have Med in the final, and yeah. then I I like Medvedev against Evans Shapo. Hubie or George, although Hubie, I think, you know, could be a sneaky dog against Medvedev. Uh, but I think this is pretty set up for for winnable matches uh, for Medvedev along the way. And I think covers as well. So I'm going to go with Hercotch if, if yeah. he can come to net effectively. That was the one kind of knock on him today was he was trying to follow his serves in, but he's like waiting way too long. Like you can't hit the ball, wait and then start coming in because you're going to end up in no man's land behind that, that service, the, the back line of the service boxes. And that makes it so much easier to hit into that space. Like you're cutting off no space uh, with kind of your, your wingspan. If he can, but he did try to come in and he did get in a few times. If he can consistently come in with Medvedev buried behind the baseline and like looping soft shots over the center of the net, those are so easy to put away. And Herkach has the serve. He has the power. And he has um, the ability to cut the willingness to come to that. I think he's got all the tools you need to beat uh, Medvedev. So I'm going to go with her catch. And I don't know. I think I'm going to take Sinner in the top half. I think if he's healthy, he's got a good shot to beat Medvedev as well. Yeah. I just got to take the winner between Medvedev and Sinner. It's, it's really up to one of those two guys. Like if I brought up the whole injury thing earlier with Sinner. If he gets past Medvedev, clearly he can beat anybody else here. So yeah, I got to just say, watch out for that match. And if you want to make your decision based upon that, yeah, pick the winner of that. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Med, and then my number two would be Sinner uh, to back along the way, and then Hubie. And uh, and then if Torch is still alive, I'm going to be back on the Torch train <laughs> to be in the final. That's for sure. If, if Torch beats beats Hubie, I think he's going to win a semifinal match and then be in the final. Thankfully, only two sites this week. ATP Basel, Swiss Indoors in Switzerland. This was basically owned by Fed. Jumping to the past winners. Fed won this five of the last six times they had this and seven of the last 10 times they've had this. Uh, they haven't had it since 2019. So this is the first time back since COVID. And it's got some big names here. We've got Carlos Alcaraz, number one player in the world playing. We have uh, FAA uh, hot off his double title run. Still in the mix here. Uh, Indoor Hard is obviously uh, faster of the two sites this week. Not super fast, though. Big headline so far. Uh, Rude still stinks. 
<laughs> I don't know what's going on uh, with that. But Carlitos seems to be rounding back into into form. So, you know, ahead of the ATP finals, uh, these guys seem to be going different directions, uh, the U.S. Open finalists. One note I want to say is I can't believe Chilich blew two match points uh, to get the push at minus three earlier this week mm. against uh, Rendrick Nitsch pretty brutal there's been some brutal some brutal chokes this week tiafo i think also offered uh, a choke it was at the other side though when he was up 5-1 against ub no oh, that cost him the match that ended up if he if he closes that set he played such a great second set was up four love cost of the match yeah man i can't believe i mean i don't i'm not like a a huge cash fan but faa completely smacking him down I, don't, I didn't see that match was he hurt or something no, Felix had 25 winners to six unforced errors. His drop shots were landing. He couldn't miss. He couldn't miss a drop shot. He couldn't miss a forehand. He was painting lines. And he, again, if Felix is going to hit 25 winners to six unforced errors on a medium fast green set hard court indoors, you're done because his first serve is he won 92% of his first serves. And that's only about 7% over where you'd expect it to be. Like he didn't outperform his first serve stats by a whole lot. Right. It was, it came from the baseline when like, again, if he's hitting 25 to 20 winners to unforced errors, you're in trouble. 25 to six. That's just like, dude, there's nothing you can do about that. If you're me and you're even Paul Anacone on tennis Mm -hmm. channel, I was watching on TC and he's like, I mean, I can't even fault Kichmatovich for giving up or not trying. It's just, what do you do against a guy that's in form with that big of a game and just hitting that cleanly? It was a masterclass from Felix. Dude, that guy cannot lose right now. It's like he's drinking yeah. uh, Simona Halep's smoothie concoction. <laughs> How dare you? She's <laughs> she's seeking all avenues to clear just, her name. I'm just kidding. They're both saints. <laughs> now, now that said, I'm really hoping Alcaraz and Felix win as much as possible till they can wherever they would beat each other would be because they will both be fun to fade in pairs, especially Felix, because that those courts slow up a whole lot, and because most people see indoor hard and Felix has won all these matches on indoor hards. He's going to be priced like he is against Bublik. He's going to be priced at like minus three, 400 against almost anyone in that field. And there will be chances to fade him. Same with Alcaraz because we he he spoke about Astana being too slow for him. We saw what, 30-something unforced errors against Goffin. Those fade opportunities will come. And if they can rack up the wins this week, to kind of make their prices even, you know, more enticing on the fade side next week or whatever Paris is. I'll, I'll be enjoying that. I'll be looking out for that. One thing we did. Well, first, I should say all of this FAA talk is uh, really great for for who I have winning this thing. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, but one thing we, we kind of missed was uh, we, we mentioned Big Dom Stricker last week as a name to watch out for uh in january and <laughs> like right before the swiss indoors uh his home country tournament and he played well this week got a huge dog win against caressi took busta to the tilt losing in the third set uh i had the plus four and that one i jumped on that early before the line moved he's looking pretty good uh first team all hoss um <laughs> <laughs> I, I love this guy first uh, team all hoss there you go yeah, love it Derek had a, a a pretty good one he looks like unmutated sloth from goodies <laughs> undeniable dude it Look was it a up. striking resemblance and i i really <laughs> try not to uh you know say anything bad about these players uh, and 
<laughs> physical looks, but uh, <laughs> that's a pretty apt comparison. All right, well, let's get back to uh, the, the the gambling. Carlitos Alcaraz is coming in as a minus 350, minus four favorite against uh, Busta. Alcaraz does cover against Bodic last time out, uh, but he needed a break back to do so. He went down 2-0 early in the second set uh, before fucking crushing. I don't know, man. Again, tough. I feel like if we get top end, Alcaraz is just a really bad matchup for Busta, uh, and four is going to be an easy cover, but it's tough to predict what Alcaraz we're going to get these days. Yeah, well, that's weird because it's like it's such a huge jump from three and a half to four. Like, it's almost like they're staking out a position on it, ending on four. And minus one, I'm seeing for one of the sharper books out there, Pinnacle, minus 130 at minus three and a half, and then plus 103 at minus four. So for those of us that use European odds, that's like 26 cents on the dollar for a half game. I mean, three and a half to four is a key number. We know this, but like, shit, that's a key key number man I, I don't know how many times i've seen a 26 cent half a game even from three and a half to four that's a huge move on uh bovada 35 cents to get down to minus three and a half minus 145 so yeah you're paying up it's kind of interesting like how they how they price that half game on these alt lines like i think i uh, there was one the, the other day I saw was like minus 115, but to get the half game was only minus 125. Like, I guess they just hadn't, the algo hadn't caught up yet. <laughs> yeah. But... that's I, Which, what half game was it though? Like if it's one and a half to two or two, two and a half to three, or like it's different for three and a half to four, right? Right. I think, it, I think it was uh, to get down to three from three. And oh a half. yeah. Okay. That's, that's pretty cheap. Seven cents there. Pretty damn cheap. Well, like 10 cents. I use it in the seven cents from dollar 87 to dollar 80 cents, but I mean, you know, that's a whole other discussion on the odds. <laughs> yes, for sure. What do we think? I think Busta was kind of lucky to escape the Stricker match. I think, uh, you know, this kid gets a little more uh, main tour experience under his legs. I think he wins that in straights, to be honest. Alcaraz, he's got the tools to beat Busta, man. But again, he also is a little erratic at the moment. I would stay away from me. Yeah. I mean, if I had to make a bet, I would lay it on that the four games for Busta. Busta is just a smart player. I mean, he's seen Alcaraz play a fucking million times and he, he can craft his game and then recraft it mid-match um, to try to aggravate Alcaraz or confuse him. Um, so I would stick with Busta plus four and a half or plus four. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I think the case for Busta would, this should be a quicker point match, but Busta has the ability to extend the point to, to draw out those errors from Alcaraz. <laughs> And see, that's where it comes back to what you said is is if we get peak Alcaraz, he's screwed, uh-huh. right? Because like Busta, his whole game is point construction, moving the ball side to side with like like razor point precision. The problem is Alcaraz has the best movement in the game at the moment, and he has the ability to run those down with relative ease. Well, if Busta tries to come in again, Alcaraz has the speed to go get the ball. And then he has the talent to hit the passing shot. So it ultimately comes down to, is he going to be able to hit that passing shot without hitting the air? Does he have the patience to run back and forth and hit 10 shots before he hits an air? You know what I mean? It's like, it's so up in the air. I think I'm with David though. I do think that if, if you have, I'd rather go with the minus four at like a, a plus one Oh three than a minus three and a half at minus minus one thirty. I, 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 again, I don't see, it landing on that four nearly as much as those odds that odd shift would imply and that implied probability switch would imply. I do think if, if he covers three and a half, he's covering four almost every time. Like it, it like David said, like you have, like he is just so damn talented that if he, if he beats Busta, he's going to beat him six, three, six, three. You know what I mean? 
So sure. if you if you do like the minus games, I would absolutely uh, take that much cheaper uh, and sell off that half game onto the the round four. All right, we got FAA coming in at minus three and a half over Bublik. Bublik uh, has had a pretty successful fall, I would say. Uh, I think he did he win one or he's made a final. Extremely solid indoor hardcore player, um, either way. But now he's facing the freight train that is. Felix again also neutral 22 and a half total for a couple of serve guys who are just gonna bash around serves so overlook not terrible to me I have FAA winning this whole thing I'll just uh spoiler I think he's gonna keep keep playing I think that's a bold call but uh, I'm standing those flames man you know it's like a great system is betting against the 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 champ from the previous week and the opening rounds of the following week but uh I mean, this guy has shown no signs of slowing down. I actually have gotten away with that. This week, I bet him against Huesler and got away with it because I had a unit on the plus one and a half sets at plus money and then the money line. So I was like, I profited on that match and I got the hell out of there. I think I think I escaped last week as well without too much damage in that respect because he had only played four matches each week and they're not terribly long matches. The points are quicker and he's in shape and he's young. So I, could, I was lucky enough to stay off the fatigue fade here though that over you mentioned i'm i'm all over it no pun intended i mean i don't know how i've seen it was the vavrinka and nakashima match now put aside the result that one ended up at the 23 to 23 and a half game mark i don't like playing those otherwise you may as well just take set overs or over two and a half sets like you can't it's very very you're not going to get to the the 23 24 game mark without either going over two and a half sets or having the first set go long. I mean, sometimes you're going to have it six, four, seven, six, or whatever. The second set is the long one that nabs you. But I prefer to go for the higher price stuff. That isn't nearly as much of an obvious over as this one is. Two huge servers, the faster courts, you don't have the greatest returners. I mean, I think because FAA is in such great form and he beat down Kichmanovic today, they think he's going to have the openings on Bublik serve, which he very well might, because Bublik is a very kind of goofy guy like that. But man, if he's engaged, and you're right, he has made a final in Mets. He won Montpellier in the spring indoor season, and he went to a final on grass, on the quicker Newport grass. So, uh, you know, he's he's played pretty damn well in these conditions. He dispatched Karatsev and Ramos Vignolas, as you'd expect him to. I, I'm, I'm on that over for sure. I think the over two and a half sets might present some value here as well, or even the plus one and a half sets, because if Bublik does screw around and lose one 6-3, then you kind of need a third set anyway. And, you know, your pl- over two and a half sets is plus 160. Bublik plus one and a half sets. That look is a m- uh, minus 108. That's some pretty decent looks there as well. Yeah, I'd hate to say it. I'd probably take the under or the spread for Bay Leaks. I think this is exactly where Bublik kind of screws around. Like those matches that he knows he should lose is kind of where he just kind of lays down and then just lets the guy walk all over him. And then you got the freight train going with Felix right now and I just really can't see Bublik like stepping in those tracks and stopping that train. Isn't Bublik that guy too that that you're like okay this looks like such a great spot to like trust him to not necessarily win oh, yeah, but like yeah. get the over and then but you're like I want to back it in three different ways to cover my ass mm-hmm. and then you're like but I also don't want to like put a unit down on three different things on Alexander freaking Bublik because you could lose all three you know it's a it's a tough situation to wrap your head around like because that's where I'm at I'm like I want to back plus one and a half sets I want to back the over games maybe over sets but then I'm realizing 
you have to put money on each one of these bets and that money adds up <laughs> and then you're trusting Bublik with all this money like what am i doing yeah yeah no he, he can throw a twist in like that guy's just an m night Shyamalan for his own matches and only he knows what the hell he's gonna do i mean this is a man who used the handle of the racket to hit hit a ball in a final on a break point yeah <laughs> yeah i was on him that day and oh. then he laughs about it like yeah. it, he doesn't care let's let's keep it moving here i think we we've uh, actually co- kind of covered all the angles in that one uh, all right well we have yeah. my guy that i want to back all right guys this is my 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 dude arthur rinderknich against holger runa now i would have liked this more if he was playing ugo but this guy rinderknich is he's on borrowed time because he should have lost to chillich these conditions, he's hitting a lot of winners. His serve is on. I mean, if he keeps it clean on the unforced error side, which he does hit a lot of those, he's got the points to beat Runa, who is playing well, don't get me wrong, and could easily win this match because he's probably the better talent. But he's played a lot. Could be some fatigue coming in. He's not the most durable kid. And Rindergnitsch, I think, is a guy I'm looking to back in this one. I don't have any lined up lines up for it, though. I'm sure he's going to be a nice price dog. Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean... Ugo's way more erratic, or he has less margin for error in his game, right? He plays a very flat game. The net clearance on a lot of his shots is super tight. And against an athlete like Runa, who's got a solid backhand wing for that lefty forehand and serve, like he could absolutely extend the rallies. And you can't hit shots that go, you know, three inches over the net consistently without putting some in the net. Rinderdeck has a bit more margin for error to his game bit more consistency um and I, I think he probably moves a little better or at least can hit on the run a little bit better than ugo can the dogs aren't really uh barking at least loud enough for me so far since we've <laughs> been been talking about these quarterfinal matches so if we're looking for a dog spot i think this is a a pretty live one here with this guy you know it was i mean the chillish match i could have got the push he kind of blew that like i said but man i it, it was it was sweaty and annoying because render niche looked really good <laughs> And the only thing was how he got broke in the third set was uh, he double faulted. It wasn't even so if he can clean up the double faults, too. But he also might give away some points that way. So there is that risk. The one thing I would say with Runa's form, too, is the, the public's going to be all over Holger, right? I would probably wait. I don't think money's going to come in on Rinderneck. Uh, and certainly a, a way to play might be a, a set one money line. We hit that with Hussler against FAA. Uh, could be a sneaky way to, to, to make some money on that match, even if Runa does end up you know pulling out the dub uh, that might be kind of that might be a sneaky way to make some money on that match Derek, you be, i'm sure you have uh many render niche thoughts <laughs> i've been studying tape on both of these guys non-stop i was up all night <laughs> no uh, quite honestly no i it'd be irresponsible of me to even like lay a decision on this i haven't watched render niche play this uh tournament and then i saw a little bit of that runa umber match as we were setting up in this um uh, Runa, he did look significantly better than Ugo. I don't know how much of that's going to play off into the next match. As you said, that like Runa's been playing quite a bit. And if you think fatigue's a factor, then maybe that give Rindernich a little bit of an edge. But serve-wise, what, you got to take Rindernich there? I mean, there, there's a way that, or there's a reason that you could take Rindernich there with the spread. Yeah, it's not that I'm like betting on runa being you know physically hobbled i just know that it's you know and, and it's a possibility so it's, it's always there 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, then we have uh, a classic matchup uh, in 2022 that could have been here uh, for the last 10 years or so. RBA versus Stan Wawrinka. <laughs> Wawrinka is plus 130. Now, this guy has been in fuego. RBA is minus 155. He's taken out Rude. He's taken out the young gun, Nakashima. Wawrinka is dialing back the clock, picking up some nice wins. He was kind of uh, a small dog today. I think he was around plus 105. But he was a much bigger dog against Rude, obviously. So he's picked up a couple dog wins already. And these guys met way back when in 2016 on Indoor Hard. And Warinka won that match. Met a couple years ago on Outdoor Hard and RBA won that. So, you know, not bringing in a ton of the, their head-to-head into this match as these guys are uh, very different players from those days, but some information I will pass along. Here's the thing with Rinka is like he has these matches where he's looking great and then all of a sudden he, he just dies. <laughs> like, he pulled out, what was it, uh, a couple weeks ago? He, You know, he had that win against Emer that fucked us and then he pulled out of like the first set of his next match. So, obviously, you know, his fitness is uh, in question here. RBA, though, has been Pretty bad. Not the best results of late. Certainly not the the same player that we're used to seeing. And he's coming in here. It's a, a pretty juiced favorite. I mean, minus 155, not exactly uh, enthralled to press the button on that one. I, I If I had to make a play on this, which I don't think I'm going to, I, I would back Warinka plus 130. You don't want to take um, scary eyes or what? <laughs> what did he? Oh, yeah. White so we have asparagus? a so we have one a, intense guy. Yeah. So we have a, a, a fan that interacts with us sometimes he 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 well first off he came to troll me when i used to do the free free plays board and then uh i, I befriended him i like you know you try to make friends with the trolls but anyway this guy's hilarious I, he's got like the weirdest sense of humor he he himself backed Mur is it is his tennis 007 at frond 007 he his he touted murray this morning which was a losing Losing play, but that's all right. Uh, Murray many plus versus Roberto. I take Murray up for a max play. This is one of my biggest bet take. Roberto man looks like white asparagus and wide scare eyes <laughs> like sea ghosts. He's also I remember this interaction now. Yeah. <laughs> and then I said, anywhere that scary eyes like sea ghosts might play well for Halloween season. <laughs> Which true. It was a good Halloween. The Halloween narrative did play out. Oh my gosh. Uh, he yeah. also um, famously um, called Fuchovic a uh, 1920s movie villain. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one, dude. That's a good. That's a good one. And he I also like his thing is uh, saying that people had like borscht in their shorts. Like they, they, when they lose, they don't keep their shorts dry. And then it's a varying amount of really funny things. <laughs> It's like vodka pede sauce with his shorts or something. Oh my um, god! Yeah, pretty funny. I mean, we like to have fun here. It's not they. Everyone takes themselves so seriously on gambling Twitter. It's like, oh my god, like dude, we're literally like just picking fucking tennis players to win on a day. It's not, it's not, it's not the most fucking serious or um, I don't know, whatever these people want to do. You're not a god, man. Like, <laughs> why do you need twenty? Why do you need twenty or two hundred likes to give out your play? No one fucking cares that much, man. Um. Uh. Anyway, right now we're 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 sliding to the end here. We're running out of time. <laughs> All right. Uh, real quickly, RBA Walrinka. What do you guys got? I just like the matchup for RBA. Like, I think Murray 
outside of this year when he's like metal hit Murray, he's presented problems for Bautista Agut because he doesn't, it's not going to always provide the most pace. He's going to get in those longer rallies and he can beat Bautista Agut those longer rallies. I'm not sure Stan does and Bautista Agut doesn't mind pace, especially in quick conditions. He likes quick conditions and he likes counter-punching pace and he likes to be the more consistent baseliner. All three of those things are going to be present against Wawrinka. I don't trust Wawrinka off. Even though it was only two hours and 15 minutes, it was a long match. It was an emotional match with the crowd at his back. I just I don't know if I trust Vavrinka in this spot to back that up against a guy who's going to make him again hit a ton of balls. We saw what happened the last time he made a decent run at a tournament and then got worked to three sets. He came out, played three games, threw in the towel, said, I'm out of here. And then he sucked for multiple weeks after that. I don't know if he's in the best shape yet. Like, I do think that I can lay a couple games here with, with Bautista Agud. I, I like the way he played against Murray. I like the way he rebounded after blowing break points in the first return game and then getting broken in the very next game. Right off the hop, he came back and just blasted Murray after that. He's just so mentally tough. He's so tough on the baseline. Yeah, I have to stick with uh, RBA as well. The white asparagus. Uh <laughs> <laughs> can't get over that that's, that's hilarious uh it's two games i mean i'm watching a little bit of the Wawrinka replay right now against nakashima he's just spraying with three sets under his belt in that match i, I would have thought that nakashima would have pulled that out just fatigue wise for Wawrinka setting in but it, it, that's still got to carry over into this rba match coming up and rba is just a tactical monster I got to imagine that he's just going to take Walrinka out. Yeah. And the home country, we really haven't mentioned that. You mentioned the crowd backing him. Um, obviously, um, it's home tournament for Stan here. And, and he's going to have the crowd on his side, uh, which I think has mattered. Uh, I think it certainly mattered for team getting out. the. There was another choke we, we didn't talk about when team got it out as win against Tommy Paul, who, I mean, Tommy Paul had this guy dead to rights like <laughs> three times and somehow uh, just missed and uh got beat i can't uh, imagine a full crowd ever backing rba for some reason <laughs> like the thought of him having a huge fan base seems impossible quickly i have uh rendernich if he beats runa i have him in the final and losing to faa um but the, I, I would rank my guys as uh faa carlos as, as my two and then probably i, I like rendernich to make the final but if runa wins i think he's pretty live on the bottom half to make the final god what a stacked top half relative to the bottom half um, oh my god it's lopsided jeez this is brutal um i really if, if runa's body holds up he's making the final that's as that's how i see it here i do think that rinderneck is a bit better of a matchup in terms of to get like to give him problems than umber i'm still not i just think you know runa's serve has improved so much this year and i think his his uh, return game is just so much better than Rinderdex. His athleticism is so much better. His backhand is so much better. I, again, like I said, I need a plus 175, plus 180 there to get involved with Rinderdex. I think it'll, again, if it's plus 200, I'll take a shot because I, you know, I, again, I think it's a 40, 38 to 42% proposition for, for, uh, the Frenchman, but I still have him as obvious, an obvious underdog, uh, in that one. And then Bautista Agut, I think he comes through, and if it's Rinderneck does pull off the upsetting through, and I'm going the other way. I think I have Bautista Agut through. If Runa beats Rinderneck, I have Runa going through uh, to the final. So I'll I'll say uh, Alcaraz against Runa in the final for me. Yeah, I'll be the counter argument. Um, I, I got to throw in Felix. Let's just keep that train rolling. Um, I wouldn't throw a future on any of these just because his draw is just so odd at this point. And then you got Felix just on a roll right now. And we all know Carlos's potential. So even throwing future on this, I mean, like the future for Carlos probably isn't 
too great. And same with Bay Leagues. Um, but if you want to throw someone in on the bottom half, I would I'd throw it on Runa. All right, guys. Well, we have uh, reached the end. I believe we have said it all. Follow us at MP9 Tennis. Follow John at Tibbet Tennis. This guy is grinding the slates every day, giving out free plays and doing pretty well. He does a great job with his analysis. And you know what I like about what you do, John, is you provide why why you think the person's going to win and you're not some blind uh, just guy putting out picks. Um <laughs> Which I, you know, I don't know. I, 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 it's been a week for me reading the timeline of guys uh, on the tennis, <laughs> the, the the tennis pickers. Hey, um, I'll do more and more write ups if more and more sites want to contact. I'll I'll write more of the plays up uh, uh, all the time. But for now, obviously, not as many sites. But yeah, I mean, I do write up plays every day, Monday to Friday and Sundays for action as well. So go check all those out if you want to know why I'm I'm on something. He's the Hemingway of tennis bets. All right. Well, that's a uh, a lot of pressure. (laughs) Bad ending for that guy, too. So. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, if you made it here, uh, you you must like the show. Give us a, you know, a a subscribe. Check us out. A rating, a review. Even we've been keeping it going for a while now uh, this year. uh, Pretty routinely. We've been on uh, recording on Thursdays, dropping Thursday night ahead of these quarterfinal matches. Uh, I look for that to to happen uh, the last few tournaments here. So, and then we'll be a short break probably and back uh, in January. So uh, until next time, see you in the court.